Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Hello, everyone. Today, we are pausing our regularly scheduled briefings to honor the living and dead victims of the 9-11 attacks perpetrated by terrorist group Al-Qaeda on New York City's Twin Towers, the Pentagon in D.C., and Flight 93 on the 19th anniversary of the tragedy. The news today is often filled with hardship, shootings, disasters, war, poverty, disease. When reading the news day in and day out, it is important to stop and take the time to recognize the bright spots of these atrocities, the heroes who have sacrificed their lives or livelihoods while putting others above themselves. These individuals are a testament to human courage, strength, selflessness, and ultimately the good that still remains in this world, even if it is often eclipsed by adversity. Now, some individuals are natural-born heroes. They may already be putting their lives on the line fighting for the safety of ordinary citizens or know that they would be ready to do so if a situation necessitated it. Some might not realize that they fall into the aforementioned category until they are placed in a fight-or-flight situation and can only react, not think. Others may not be able to truly value our heroes until they experience a moment where their or their loved one's lives are on the line. No matter which of these categories they or you fall into, we should all be grateful to and respectful of the people who answered when duty called. Here are three stories of ones who risked their lives to help others on 9-11. Sergeant Jason Thomas and Staff Sergeant David Carnes dropped everything that they were doing the morning of the attacks to help search for survivors. Sergeant Thomas at the time was dropping his daughter off at his mother's house to start his day of classes when she told him the news. He had left active duty as a Marine only the month before, but threw on his uniform again and rushed to ground zero, getting there just as the North Tower collapsed. Staff Sergeant Carnes had been sitting in his office in Connecticut when he saw the hijacked plane hit. He left his office telling co-workers that the country is at war, even if they don't realize it, and drove to a local church. There, he sat with the pastor and prayed not for his own safety, but instead for God to lead him to survivors. He was also a Marine, so he too changed into his uniform and hauled his equipment to Manhattan. There, the two men ran into each other and began to assemble a team of fellow Marines to search for survivors with. When the other Marines told them their goal was too dangerous, they went to scale the mountain of rubble themselves. They screamed into the pile of still-burning metal, dark chasms, and gigantic beams for survivors for hours to no avail. When they finally received a response, two cops were trapped. Along with an operating engineer who had a flashlight, the men led the NYFD to first responders Officer Will Jimeno and Sergeant John McLaughlin, also at the site for a rescue attempt. All four survived that day. Staff Sergeant Carnes returned to the site daily for eight days and re-enlisted in the Marine Corps Reserve afterward. Sergeant Thomas, who didn't even identify himself after the rescue operation, returned for two and a half weeks and later served in the U.S. Air Force. Neither man had a plan when they jumped into action to help the rescue efforts. According to Sergeant Thomas himself, it didn't matter who needed help, just that someone did. Michael Benfante and John Cerquera were in a meeting for the telecommunications firm they both worked at on the 81st floor of the North Tower when American Airlines Flight 11 hit. Their boss ordered the staff to evacuate immediately and the two co-workers followed down the stairs. But upon reaching the 68th floor, Benfante noticed a group trying to transfer a woman in a mechanical wheelchair to an evacuation one. He helped move her, 
and then with no prior rescue experience, Benfante and Cerquera hoisted the stranger up and spent the next hour carrying her down the stairwell, all the way to safety at least a mile below. Shortly after escorting the woman to a waiting rescue van, the men ran as the tower collapsed behind them. Their act that day not only saved the woman in the wheelchair, but also the group that was trying to attend to her and help her get down. All survived. While so far I've only relayed stories the protagonists have lived to tell, not everyone was spared. Frank Demartini, former Navy SEAL Pablo Ortiz, Mac Hanna, Pete Negron, and Carlos da Costa were all Port Authority workers sharing coffee on the 88th floor of the North Tower when terrorists flew the plane into the building only a few floors below, creating what felt like an explosion up on the 88th. Demartini took charge. After all, he was the construction manager for the building, so he was familiar with all the ins and outs, but was trapped on the floor along with his wife and 30 co-workers. Instead of waiting for rescue as the two main stairwells were blocked, he searched for another exit and found a way to evacuate the entire floor. A co-worker who safely evacuated said, quote, Without his taking control and organizing our leaving the 80th floor, I don't think many of us would have survived, end quote. Then, instead of following their colleagues down, Demartini, along with Ortiz, Negron, Hannah, and Da Costa, ascended to the 89th floor after hearing banging from above. They busted through the drywall covering the door, allowing the formerly trapped civilians to begin their descent to safety, and freed those stuck in the elevators. Demartini ordered Mac Hanna to carry an elderly man who couldn't go down the stairs on his own. Hanna survived after carrying the man for nearly an hour to safety, but for Ortiz, Demartini, Negron, and Da Costa, the decision to ascend proved fatal. The four perished as the tower crumbled. There and Hannah's extraordinary bravery saved an estimated 50 people that day. The ability to put strangers' lives ahead of one's own is truly a beautiful quality of humanity. It's also one we take for granted too often. In respect and remembrance for those ordinary citizens who 19 years ago witnessed a deliberate attack on their home and put their fear, panic, confusion, disorientation, and trauma aside in order to save fellow humans, I urge you all to be someone's hero today and prioritize another above yourself. Donate to a good cause, buy food for the homeless, or even simply take the time to listen to someone who needs to be heard. Whether a hero to begin with or out of situational necessity, the men and women who served as frontline workers on 9-11, like those serving on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic and the wildfires on the West Coast today, deserve our utmost gratitude, respect, and recognition. After all, we'll never know when we'll need a hero ourselves. With my deepest gratitude, I thank you all. We will never forget you.